Hi everyone and welcome to the Happy Podcast, Healthcare and Pharmaceutical Insights. Series 2 is all about a day in the life of. I'm looking forward to spending time with a variety of different people in the healthcare and pharmaceutical industry discussing what it is that they do on a daily basis. So sit back, relax and enjoy. Welcome back to another session of Happy. Happy is our uh, Healthcare and Pharmaceutical Insights podcast. I'm delighted to welcome another fantastic guest to uh, the, the final episode in the series of A Day in a Life Of. And it's someone who um, I've known uh, relatively well over the past number of years. It's Fabio Kellett. And we're going to be discussing a day in the life of a general manager or a country manager, whoever Fabio wants to um, to uh, give himself whatever title he wants, but at that level. Um, so I'm delighted that you're with me, Fabio. Thanks for for agreeing to uh, to come on. Good to see you um, in your your Christmas background, and uh, <laughs> it's that time of year. So Fabio's just about to deliver the gold frankincense and myrrh, um, as you can see in the background. But um, no, good to see you, Fabio. Do you want to give us I think everyone is watching and listening a, a, a quick intro to yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And thanks for the invite, Colin. Uh, really happy to be here. Uh, so, yeah, as you say, we've known each other for a number of years. I joined the industry, wow, um, depressingly uh, around 20 years ago, just over 20 years ago. Um, got into the industry as a student. So a placement year at, um, at a relatively large farmer organisation that looked to bring people, those students, through into their field team. So that's what I did, joined their field team straight from university um, on the same day, actually. So the same day as my final university exam, I became a oh, sales rep, uh, which was very lucky. Um, you know, as we know in the industry, things happen. The product that we launched at that point didn't go as expected. So we've made redundant relatively early, moved to my next organisation. I was there for just over 18 years. Um, and that was, I guess, where I, I cut my teeth in the industry and got a lot of my experiences. So a number of different roles, starting in, in sales, sales management, um, in-country roles, above-country roles, so European roles in, you know, from a marketing perspective. Um, did a HR comment as well. So got you know some experience in a different part of the business, which was really useful. And then um, more latterly in that, in that organisation, business unit director, and then finally a, a global marketing director. Um, and then to my current organisation um, as a, a in the global marketing. Um, so that was around 21 um, that I joined, uh, June 21. And then, um, yeah, into my current role as and, you know, the job title we've got internally here is country manager for the UK and Ireland. So I've been doing that now for the last, Eighteen months, just yeah. under two years. Yeah, good, good. And um, originally a Yorkshire lad, correct? Yeah, originally and still am. So you know, lucky enough um, to be, still be based in the north. So you know, to benefit from the lower house prices. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think um, obviously with with a lot of travel thrown in. So yeah, um, born born and raised around Halifax, and, and then more more recently in Huddersfield. Um, a Yorkshire lad, so. and I know this. A Yorkshire lad that supports Liverpool. As well, Correct. you don't find many of them around. I'll be honest. That's Correct. I think that shows my age. I think coming up through uh, my younger formative years, Liverpool were the team always on the TV, weren't they? So, yeah. Um, but yeah, then for for both my sins and you know a, a very a good ride over the last five or, five or so years with with Jurgen. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yes. Yeah. 
and a good season this season, which is good. Yeah, indeed, indeed, indeed. Um, so, yeah, Fabio and I, off record, have had a few, probably more discussions around football than we have around uh, what's going on in, uh, in our industry space. But, uh, I agree. Um, but we'll, we'll not dive all into that. We'll, we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll leave that for another, for another conversation. So, good. Great, great history and great to see, you know, for, for people that are going to be watching this, there's a variety of different people who are just in the industry or people who have been in the industry a long time to learn from, you know, how you've progressed from very early stages and come through and, and done, you know, a variety of different roles. I mean, interesting one there for me is you're going to HR, which is, you know, a bit left field from what a number of people do. But I do know people who have done that. You know, a couple of people I know, one individual particularly who was, the GM at a big company, and he's now working as a, a, a VP of, of HR, which is which was completely different, you know. But it, that's the the brilliant thing about our industry is that it can offer people these opportunities, and hopefully, people watching that will will uh, especially those in their early part of the careers will get encouragement from that and, yeah, and see that the opportunities are there. So a day, a day in the life of country manager, general manager, as uh, it's kind of kind of titled it. So, um, what is a what is a day in the life for you uh, typically look like, or what is a typical day? However you want to phrase that. Yeah, I mean, you know, in in, in preparing for for this conversation, I had to think about that. And I guess the short answer is there isn't a typical day. Um, you know, if we, if we say that honestly, it's you know one of the benefits from my perspective anyway of this role is that you know i think we say it about a lot of roles in the industry definitely but i think that certainly you know, as country manager role it's certainly no day is is, is the same you know two days are the same um and you know i think from from that it's just the breadth of experience and the breadth of different topics that you touch on means that you know one day you can be working so for instance you know uh, the organization that i and with moved offices so you know one day you can be talking about an office move the next day you're in a budget meeting talking about you know performance or, or cost yeah. or um you know the usual sort of i guess business metrics that that you'll be mentioned about i'm going to say everything in between and they're not the two extremes but i guess it's just they're two two examples of two very different topics and i think that that would be the element i think the other thing probably at a country manager level is maybe more engagement externally to the business as well. So, you know, with the likes of yourselves as, as agencies, you know, there's a lot of sort of agencies across the board that you know, would like time to spend with me or certainly members of, of, of my team. But then, you know, the ABPI, um, the various different external, um, you know, um, influences, yeah, groups. Yeah, I guess I was just trying to think of the right word, you know. I guess it's you know industry groups that there are so obviously the ABK is the most well-known one but there's European medicines group American medicines group rest of the world medicines group so you know there's other groups that then gain you access to people you know maybe so this evening for instance I'm going to a meeting with the European medicines group uh, and there's some senior people from NHS England there where you know you, yeah. you get the opportunity to hear from them about their plans and we've We've had the opportunity to meet people from the MHRA and NICE yeah. through those channels as well. So I think, you know, whilst broad um, and no one day, or, or they not being that typical day, it's just, you know, that that broadness of the role means that you actually you know, get involved at a yeah. relatively high level in a lot of yeah. different things, I think. Yeah, yeah. So you're, you're, put, you're putting your name to 
to things and the, the, that that kind of pressure or expectation there when you're you, you have to take your time looking over legal documents and you're signing you're, you're signing yeah. things that that have to be done. It's your name that's going on. It's going on these these things, isn't it? Correct. Yeah. Very often, you know, and obviously a lot of businesses are going to be different, but very often, I think in this in this role, this this type of role, like we say, country manager, GM, we know that the you know our industry has a a habit of giving these roles different titles, yeah. but it's essentially you know one and the same thing, isn't it? Very often in the UK, as you, you know, as, you, as you're alluding to there, you you will be down as a you know, director of the business, the legal representative, if you like, of that company in in that country. Yeah. And then, yeah, you know, there are those occasional legal documents that you, you know, you will need to sign off on, which obviously you want to pay attention to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but also that that networking, if you like, and that understanding of what's going on in the healthcare environment through the different agencies, whether that be nice, you know, from a HGA point of view, the NHRA from a regulatory point of view, you know, Brexit has meant that quite a lot of changes in terms of yeah. how the regulatory process occurs. And, you know, recently, obviously, um, the MHRA communicated a lot around sort of the recognition process that they're looking to follow and, and um, moving towards being a sovereign regulator. So it's good to hear that from them rather than yeah. just reading it in documents, that, you yeah. know? Yeah. Uh, so that's always good. But I think that, yeah, I think you need to get involved in the detail to a certain degree. But I think actually bringing it back to the football, the football chat that we're saying, you know, it's the video that sometimes I show about, you know, leadership and there's a really great, video of Klopp and you know one of the questions is about he's being asked about his leadership style and what's led him to the success with not just Liverpool you know Dortmund in the past and and Mainz and the rest of his career and essentially you know he boils it down to surrounding himself with a really strong team yeah and, and I think that's it and that's that's it for me that you know if you had to summarize the typical day it's empowering the, the guys around you to sort of make the best decisions for the business in their areas of expertise yeah, with you being there for guidance if needed, you know it's not that you're going in saying, you know, it's not like the Alan Sugar style, certainly not my style. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, do it in this way. You surround yourself by good people who've got that very specialist knowledge in their field, and then you know you empower them to make good decisions, and you're there for support, and you know if it needs sign off or a yeah. rubber stamp if you like. Yeah, that's a common that's a common trend in terms of the answer you're giving. From a few people who've who have done this this series with, in terms of the you, you get to that level, but you don't necessarily get to that level on your own. You get to that level, you know, with good people around about you, uh, good people supporting you, good people guiding you in, in in that direction. And I think, um, you know, you've been in this industry long enough. We've been this, uh, both of us been in this this industry at different, you know, in um, different capacities. Um, but I've always had people. You can look at as if you want to call them mentors, or you know, just giving you those little bits of advice to see they may not may not necessarily work with you, such, but give you get a bit of advice in have you thought about this, consider this, consider that, um, you know, and 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 a variety of different things I can think of. He's no longer here, but certainly from my dad's perspective, he was part of this industry for you know thirty five years, and um, he was he was great at just saying have you have you considered this, have you considered that. And you need yeah. people like that, you know, whether they're they're close to you or whether they're part of your your business, um, having that good team round about you. Because when, yeah. when when the when the proverbial does hit the fan, invariably you need you need a few people around there to go right. How are we going to how are we going to sort this out when that because it does happen occasionally. No, absolutely, and I think it's you know about the 
like I say, we're talking general manager, country manager now, but I guess with any senior role, it's, it's almost, the way I describe it is leaving the ego at the door because I can't be an expert in everything. You know, certainly in our field, you know, when we t- start talking about regulatory, when we start talking about um, like drug safety, quality assurance, you know, these areas where maybe more junior roles in the industry you're not as involved with. But these guys are real specialists, you know, qualified QPs within your organisation. It's yeah. a very, very specialist role that takes a lot of training to get there, or a lot of sign off to get there. You know, and I, I'm never going to have the knowledge of, of a cube. So that's what I mean about the solid team around you. It's like leaving the ego. Like now, you know, as, as that country manager, you can offer a bit of challenge, have you considered? But yeah. Yeah, I expect the same back, you know. So if I'm making a decision based on the business and I want that that sort of leadership team group to sort of challenge yeah. me and say, well, have you, have you yeah. thought about, you know, bring the different points of view from the different parts of the area? And I think that, you know, running it in a way that, well, I guess it's... It, I say it's a buzzword in the industry. I think across business at the minute, you know, there's a lot of talk around psychological safety and mm-hmm. creating environments where people can speak up and challenge freely. And, you know, Amy Ed- Edmondson's book, um, Fearless Organisation, is like the main book around that. But essentially, it's about encouraging people to, to speak up and to be mm-hmm. able to challenge. I think people sometimes mistake it for it being sort of this sort of cotton wool, very nice, you know, yeah. some sort of patting each other on the back saying how great people are but actually psychologically safe environment is one where people can speak up to power if you like if, yeah you know not many companies are that hierarchical anymore but you know i want one of the guys in the, in the ground uh, on the ground level you know the, in the field to be able to come to me and say look this isn't working yeah yeah yeah. yeah. this process yeah. is just slowing us down it means that we're not being able to deliver for the customer and yeah. that's one of the things that you know at the country manager level is trying to create that culture where at all levels people are willing to speak up and yeah we've all seen the programs so what is yeah. it? the channel phone the back to the floor one and yeah you know yeah. i'd love to be able to get out there with customers and with the guys in the field as much as possible but because the the role is so broad i guess that's one thing that maybe i'd, I'd like to do more of yeah that the role doesn't allow you to do but yeah. i think by generating a a culture and an environment where people feel comfortable to speak up. I mean, I, I saw in today's digital world, it's a, it's a digital door, isn't it? It's a virtual door. But, you know, that's what the message I said to the organisation, you know, my door's always open. Yeah. Drop me a Teams, drop me a, an email. They all have my mobile number. You know, you can contact me at any, at any time. Yeah. Uh, and feel free to do so. Um, but then, you know, the guy, again, it comes back to surround yourself with a great team. The guys in your team have to also live and demonstrate that as well definitely yeah. i think that's i think that's a great message to get out fabio because uh you know maybe in, in times past the the kind of traditional um perception of a gm or a country manager in pharma and, and you know in other industries has maybe been that that, that kind of level where you're kind of untouchable you know i, I can't go and speak I, I could possibly go and speak to fabio i couldn't go and speak to no 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 you can you know that doesn't mean to say that you're a you know you're a soft touch as such that doesn't mean to say that you know that, that there might be this conversations within that that are not easy conversations to have um but at the same time that that shows good leadership you know, and it's not just being a manager; it's actually being a leader. And there's a, there's a distinct difference between between the two. Absolutely, and I think that you know your point that you say there around and just having an open door doesn't mean that you're going to agree to everything. Oh uh, yeah, you know, but absolutely. Yeah, yeah. The, the key thing for me is that you know it's about the communication as to you know absolutely listen, and then if you make a decision one way or the other, 
And if it goes against that suggestion or that um, proposal, you're clear on the reasons why. And I think this is the thing that then, I guess in, in the role of a country manager, it's that elevation that you get. I remember an ex-colleague actually saying that, you know, I'm not necessarily better than the people, the rest of the people in my organisation, but what I do have is I have more access to information and data. So yeah. I probably see more data and I have more information than them about not just necessarily even the running of the UK business, but, you know, the running of the business in the wider context of the group. Yeah. Um, you know, the running of the business in the wider context of all those different constituent parts that come into play. But whilst, you know, the guy on the ground, the salesperson might say, well, this process is slowing me down, whether it be, you know, trying to think of a, a general process, you know, approval of meetings in one yeah. of the CRM systems or whatever, and you've got a few few steps. But to them, it's just like remove as many steps as you possibly can. But, you know, then we need to think about the risk from a compliance point of view and processes that align to other countries in the group and what the minimum standards are in your SOPs. Mm-hmm. The key thing is communication. So you listen, you make a decision. And look, you know, I've done both. So I've listened, I've made decisions that have agreed with what's being said and you make the changes and you implement them. And I think that's really powerful. But then, you know, you listen and you look into it or you might already know the answer as to why it's happening in a certain way. And you just make sure that you communicate clearly back and, you know, you're very clear, look, I've heard what you've said, but let me explain the reasons why we can't do it in that way. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And I think that, that sort of generates a bit of respect. And I agree, I think, you know, when I joined the industry, the GM back at that time, you know, you know it's the guy that you just, you don't ever want to darken his door or vice versa. Yeah, 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 you know? yeah, it was yeah. just, but yeah. again, I'm going back sort of over 20 years here. Yeah. And I think culturally things have shifted um, over time. And I think now it's, the, you know, Certainly in the organisations I've worked in, the GMs that have been more accessible um, and have been more transparent and open and approachable probably generate the better cultures, in my experience, for my style. Um, yeah, I'll be fair, Dave. I, th- I think you're right. Cultures, culture has changed a lot, you know, since you know, since you and I certainly come into the industry and um, in terms of how things are done and, you know, how managers are approached and, you know, that they are... Yeah, they're, they're at a different level within within the team or within the business, but you know that 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 kind of open door policy is is um, something that we see a lot more of now, and I, I think it, I think it's a good thing. I think it's a great thing. And and when you um, so that that's what a typical day looks like. And when you move into a new role, whether you know internally or externally, you've always got this kind of anticipation or expectation of how that role is going to look. You know, you could, from an outsider's point of view, you think, oh, that, that, that's yeah, that's going to do, especially in a role that is promoted. Or so the expectations that you had, or were, were they met? But you know, when you, when you moved into this role, I think yeah, by and large, I think just touching on the discussion that we've had, if there's anything that was different, it was just the actual breadth of the role. So yeah. you, you know, going in that, and again, you know, we we use the title country manager but if we, if we talk about the other title general manager you know the, the clues in the title you, yeah. you look across the general you're looking, everything, you, yeah. you're looking at everything and but i think until certainly from my perspective i was actually in it just having that understanding of just how much of your time that takes up you know yeah. because like i say a lot of people within the business want a slice of your time then there's the external pieces as well so you know initially maybe naively i thought i could spend more time out in the field and at a ground level and knowing yeah. what's going on with the customer and i just think the reality is that you know that's not always possible to the degree that you would or certainly i would like to do it in the role mm-hmm. 
And, you know, yes, I could probably be better at getting that balance right. But at the same time, you've got to kind of make peace that you can't be everything to everyone. And yeah, whilst the customer, absolutely. You know, yeah. In, in all, all organisations, the customer's at the heart of everything that we do, and I'd love to spend more time with them. But at the same time, I need to balance my time out to ensure that, you know, mm-hmm. the internal mm-hmm. stuff is. What I would rather do is I'd rather take my time up with the internal bits and free up the time of the guys, yeah. you know, closer to the customers. Yeah. Um, rather than sort of me delegating some of the internal bits that probably are more about process and about the technicalities and, and allow the people close to the customer to spend more time with the customer. Yeah. Like I said, that's my approach. Um, so yeah. Yeah, by and large, it, it, it's been met. I think, you know, there are times where, you know, the, the pressure of where you've got to make a decision can ramp right up because, you know, mm-hmm. And, and maybe the other thing, the really good thing with, with the organisation that I went in and that I would certainly recommend with anyone moving into the role, I think it's talked about, certainly when you're being promoted, when you talk to people who come into this type of role, you know, and this isn't about getting the violin out, but it, essentially it's a quite lonely role because, you know, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's that weird one in an organisation where you've got peers in terms of maybe other country managers in different markets, but they don't have a true understanding of your market. So it's never a like for like discussion when yeah. you know, you, yeah. you don't submit so much have the say you know, like so for instance when I was an RBM historically, you've got the RBM group to go into and bounce ideas off. They understand, mm. you know, your environment and, and what's going on. The country manager I think is a is a bit more of a lone place. And obviously sometimes some of the discussions and, and decisions you make in a you know highly confidential but relatively confidential whatever word you want to use so one of the things that this company did was provide sort of you know essentially executive coaching funding so you know i selected you know i had a coach from from previous times and i selected the coach and you know that's that's a really good thing to be able to have sort of have you know six sessions a year so every couple of months every coaching that's session good. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're able yeah. to go and have discussions about what well, you know this is coming up or need to make this decision or uh-huh. let me just run my thinking by you and just that that ability to have someone in the gate and, and actually probably the benefit someone a bit divorced from the business to get out and uh-huh. have those conversations with because otherwise you know you're kind of having a conversation with yourself all the time yeah yeah yeah. you don't necessarily have anywhere in the business to go um so that's probably the thing that when i say it didn't meet my expectation it was it was flagged and it was given and maybe I didn't think it'd be as important as it has been, you know, that ability yeah. to be able to talk things through with someone. And it's not necessarily always going to be a peer and it's not necessarily going to be internal to your business either. Was the expectation of, I mean, obviously in the past and roles that you've done in the past, you've been making decisions that are affecting, you know, a team, albeit maybe in a smaller, smaller capacity. That expectation then of the decisions that you're going to be making um, are affecting, you know, the business, you know, within mm-hmm. the UK are affecting people, you know, a large amount of people. Did, how did that? How did that make you feel? I, mean, I don't. I mean, you don't necessarily need to give it a specific example, but in terms of maybe, no. maybe that maybe the first time you had to make that big kind of, wow, this is quite a big, this is quite a big moment here in terms of me making putting my signature on this bit of paper is quite is quite a big is quite a big decision. Yeah, I think. I mean, yeah, it is. Like you say, I think as long as it, it makes you. Have another look at the the, the detail and the document. Yeah. You, know, you review things a little bit and make sure. And you know, I think you, as long as you consider all, 
you know, the people element of it, you know, the system, if you like, what's it going to do to the system, how it's going to change things? Is it going to improve people's working life? Is it going to create more barriers? Did it, I don't know if it created more stress, if I'm being honest, because, you know, having come up through sales type roles, you know, yeah, the reality yeah. is, you know, you, you, yes, you're not making the decision, you're not making it, uh, or the decisions you're making are not on such a widespread scale, but they still affect people. You've still got the pressure of that that sales target to hit, dependent on what cycle you're on, if it's a quarterly, if it's four monthly, if it's half yearly, whatever. Yeah. So, so that doesn't really change. The magnitude is probably bigger, absolutely. Yeah. Did I look at it any differently? I don't think I did. Maybe those around me might say differently, but yeah, yeah. I don't think it. I don't think I felt more pressure. It was just you okay. know you have that acknowledgement yeah. that it is affecting a much wider range. A wider, of yeah, yeah, yeah. Good for people, people yeah, or, yeah. Or, or parts of the business. You've probably signed more NDAs than you ever thought you had to sign um, oh, over the past. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> you know, and that's that's it again about the broadness, isn't it? When you're in organisations that are maybe looking at you know acquisitions or in discussions with people yeah. and you know, absolutely you know there's always NDAs that come through and that that level and again that's why it's good to have that coach that you know yes you still can't talk about the stuff that you've signed an NDA for but where you've got that confidentiality that you could because you yeah. need there needs to be a way to speak about you know even in general terms like well this could be happening here's my yeah. thoughts about how, how I want to approach this but yeah, the NDA is certainly something you become very familiar with. Okay, <laughs> I, I bet. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's. I've been in a position where I've had to sign a few, but I don't think any are probably near the level that you've had to sign. Which is, I get it. I mean, I understand it. I mean, they're, they're there for a reason, so I, I do understand that's uh, the reason why they're why they're in place. So, um, just kind of moving on a little bit. I mean, we've kind of we've maybe touched on a couple of these things, but and and I like. Uh, I like the idea of of the coach aspects. So my final question, not this one right now, but I, I think that's that's a really good early bit of advice for anybody. I, I would suggest is, you know, certainly as if you're if you've got a desire to either stay within this industry and progress, um, or you're in a position where you're looking at maybe moving into a similar senior role to to what yourself is valuable, get a coach, get somebody good alongside. As you say, who is divorced from the business, who who can just give you that different set of eyes on on something a different perspective um no, I, think it's, I think that's I, a really great bit of advice i think it is and just to take that one step further is select your own yeah um, because very yeah. often in, in certainly in, in the companies i've worked with it's almost like you're given a coach or you're, you're, given a coach, coach, yeah. or okay. you're recommended by somebody else i think what i found works really well is when you find somebody that works for you because all coaches have different styles i'm sure we've all been in coaching discussions you know, internally, yeah. and you've probably been allocated a coach internally which, as part of their development. It's to coach somebody, but when you find that person that works for you, yeah, try everything that you can to keep them. So, like I say, with my coach coming into this role, it was someone I'd worked with previously. Yeah, and, and you know, to be fair, the organisation said I was free to to select whoever really, you know, budget the ten, you know, yeah, uh, within within a, within an envelope in terms of how much we we could spend, but. Yeah. yeah, select select the person that works for you because they truly get the best out of you. And, you know, that might be someone who's got lots of industry knowledge. It might be someone who, who's not, you know, the, the person I work with has got quite a broad range of experience. But, yeah, I think absolutely get that person to support. And and that's not just at GM level, by the way. I think that like yeah, yeah, yeah. throughout the career of that absolutely. person because yeah. it just helps you plot out that, that path, if you like. Yeah, yeah. 
good. So what would you say has been some of the um, maybe give an example, maybe a couple of some of the, some of the challenges that you've seen that, that, have, that have come up in your role as a, 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 a level that you're at? I mean, one of the key things, look, I'm guessing this is going out predominantly to a UK audience. Yeah. The, the, the UK environment, I'm not saying anything that um, isn't common knowledge. You know, the environment in the UK is really tough. We've just yeah. uh, this week, you know, had communication about what the new VPAS, the voluntary rebate scheme looks like in the UK. You know, the, you know we know that sort of the, the 23 rate is very, very high in comparison to what it's been in, in, in other years. You know, that sort of, like I say, that regulatory environment, the MHRA, yeah. sort of a lot of turnover of staff, um, lots of delays and lots of backlogs of work. Nice yeah. with a new um, CEO coming in and trying to do things in maybe a slightly different way. So access to medicines has, has been tough, you know. Um, so I think that's probably the, the biggest one is like, how do you then position your organisation in yeah. that tough environment? And that that message, if you like, to the boardroom, that above country, mm-hmm. You know, you know, if we talk management speak, you know, the C suite, you know, yep. so when when they come on their sort of annual generally tours and sort of want the update and the sort of presentation to your board essentially about you know performance and and how things are going, you can't get away from the fact that the UK no. at the minute is a really really tough environment for our industry, and it's just making sure you're positioning yourself obviously within that environment to be successful. Mm-hmm. But within your internal context to ensure that you know you're delivering a message to say whilst it's tough it's still a good place to be in terms yeah, of you definitely. Know, the farmer industry and um the potential of the uk market um so that's probably it is yeah. operating in that and you know yeah as you say we've talked and known each other for a long time been in the industry probably similar time it's definitely got tougher in terms of the environment. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah. And I don't think it's going to get much easier externally. I think we as an industry just need to find a way of you know, operating in a way that we can still be successful and deliver to patients in the end of the day, which is the most yeah. important things. Yeah. Um, yeah, just, but, just know, on that, actually, just, I think just, just on that, 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 I mean, the, the last recording that I did of, of Happy was a, uh, with a kind of webinar idea, but it's all around this the subject of resilience, um, you know, and and you know sticking with it, you know, particularly for generations that are maybe watching this or age, sorry, of people who are watching this who are relatively new to the industry, and they'll be finding it really difficult, you know, and and there will be, you know, be a lot of what they feel are obstacles in their way, whether it be you know access to customers at this point in time. How do we break? How do you break that down? Uh, whether it be internal challenges, how do you break that down? Um, and I, I think you know that obviously you're right; it is tougher, and it's not it's not going to get any easier. But our industry has a huge amount, a huge amount to offer. Um, you know, the, the the UK economy, if you want to see from that perspective, has a huge amount to offer in terms of uh, uh, patient success and the, the amount of stories that that you and I will, will hear because we're in it of where patients' lives have been changed because of the medication that a, a particular pharmaceutical company has, you know, has delivered for them. You know, it's there's some brilliant stories out there about that. And if we can get get the resilience back in, you know, to people and say, look, there is a, a fantastic career path here for you. You're 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 testament of that, Fabio. Um, 
and if you stick at it, come through the hard times, you, you th- there will be opportunities. It will turn, but it's not. It's going to take a while for that, you know, to be no, easier. Uh, uh, I don't. I don't see easier, uh, but you know what I mean. I'm not 100. Look, it'll always be tough, but you know, the industry is well regarded within the country as well. So if you look, you know, there's the a life sciences vision, there's a life sciences council that work very well in government essentially to to drive that strategy of how the you know almost from a UK PLC point of view, yeah. how we make it attractive for clinical trials, how we make it attractive for access to medicines, you know, and the benefit to patients. And you know that they're the sort of things that I'd recommend again people coming up take interest in that sort of stuff. You know what what's going on externally. So what what is the life sciences vision? Do you know about that? You know because then you can bring that into your discussions internally as well. Um, you know there's various and again that's the maybe exposure you get at my level that you you meet a lot of these people who've written these mm-hmm. reports. You know I meet people who sit on the life sciences council. Um, but it's important. But I think the key message that I would say is, you know, it's a key pillar of, of our economy. Mm-hmm. You know, the life sciences is a huge, huge contributor to the UK. And I think that's been recognised in the VPAS negotiations, you know, in, in recent months with, with the ABPI. So I think that it absolutely is challenging, but it's always going to have, it's always going to be a key part of our economy. Yeah. And, and I think you're yeah. absolutely right. The resilience that, you know, the way I look at it, at the challenges actually, you know, number one, make you better as an individual because mm-hmm. you know, you learn, you're learning all mm-hmm. the time and, you know, the challenges that you throw, you're having to think differently. And it comes back to one of the other points that I said, you know, if you surround yourself with a good team, yeah, there's nothing better than getting in, a, looking in a room, ideas generation of how you overcome that obstacle, how you, how you work to be successful in yeah, a difficult yeah, yeah, environment, yeah. you know? So yeah. Yeah. as much as you need resilience, I think that a lot of people can thrive in that environment as well and yeah. do, do really well. And that's when I think, you know, you get the best out of people where it's that, let's let's get creative, let's yeah. find a way that we can overcome these obstacles. You know, we've got our challenges in our industry. We've got a very tight and rightly so regulated industry that you know, yeah. from compliance point of view, you're always making sure that you're doing things in the right manner. But I think if you always put the patient at the centre of everything, your, yeah. your decision-making, um, you know, and the customer you're not going to go far wrong, really. It's just yeah. in the case of how can you make that work. So, yeah. yeah, it's always going to be challenging, but I think it's, you know, listen, it, it's been a great industry for me. At, you know, yeah. A bit more of my background, I was I come from a single-parent family. I, I had an okay education. It mm-hmm. wasn't, you know, a stellar education. I didn't go to sort of a red-brick university or mm-hmm. anything like that. But I think this industry is great for people who put their head down, get their head down, do some good yeah. work. You know, open themselves up to opportunity, take those opportunities, grasp them with you know both hands, mm-hmm. um, and you know, hopefully, yeah, I am testament to you can reach mm-hmm. levels that maybe you know if I if I rewind back twenty years to yeah yeah probably on on my first ITC, if someone says well in twenty odd years you'll be sort of country manager for a a decent sized pharmaceutical company, you know, yeah. would I have thought I'd have got there? Probably not, but yeah, you know. I think by by embracing those opportunities and you know just showing that resilience and you know and listen I know we always talk about we spend so much time just have a good time as well you know I've yeah, met yeah, some great yeah, people yeah. in this industry yeah, yeah. had some great experiences you know don't enjoy that element you know we should we should enjoy being at work you know oh absolutely no I, I totally agree I think you you've kind of I don't really really need to kind of ask you the last question in terms of what advice you give you you've kind of you've kind of really shared that you know just um. 
get your head down. You know, um, most companies now that uh, the size of companies that you've been involved in in the past, but most pharmaceutical companies now, they will give you a career path. They will obviously give you. They will offer you a career path. You know, um, and they will. You know, if if you show willingness, if you show resilience, if you show commitment, they will they will offer you a career path um, to go and do different things to the level perhaps that you've reached. And you're probably right. I mean, there might be hopefully there will be people watching this that maybe haven't spoken for a while and go, Fabio was that that like, where did that happen? You know, and and uh, you know, and uh, and I mean that in a, you know in a in a nice way, in a positive way, because not not due to confidence, but maybe just at the time you think. Uh, he's, he's probably not the kind of guy that wants to do that. I don't know. You know, I didn't know you back at, at that time, Fabio. You know, yeah. so no, exactly. You know, it, it probably will. I probably still get that now with some people that, <laughs> that I speak to. But I think the thing for me is, you know, absolutely all that stuff. I think the other thing, and I think again we've touched on it, that broadness of experience. You know, maybe don't think in a linear way because I think historically, as a as a as an industry, we've we've tended to sort of keeping our lanes, haven't we? You know, so if you think historically it's been salesperson, re, RBM, re, yeah. whatever the job title is, to a head of sales type role, maybe you switch across to marketing if, yeah. if you're adventurous sort of thing. But, you know, the industry is much wider than that, you know. So just recently someone who works, um, one of my direct reports has gone into a global role and that's really broadened their horizons in terms of the different parts of the business that you just don't really know exist with it when you're in an exactly. affiliate and, and, and you know, yeah. So definitely on the broad thing. And then just one piece of advice that one of my old Jim gave to me was, hopefully I'll get it across well. He says, you know, sometimes when these opportunities come, there's never really a right time. You'll always be able to find a reason not to do it, whether that be personal circumstance or, you know, you're doing really well in your current role or it's not something that you'd ever considered or whatever. And just to remember that, you know, you're never going to get that perfect timing of, right, well, this is now the time I want to do that development or, you know, for whatever reason, both personal and business. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, make sure you, you speak with your loved ones and make sure that it, it, you can make it work at, at, on a personal level. But that just always stuck with me that, you know, if, you, if you're almost looking for that perfect opportunity where everything, you know, the stars align and everything, yeah. Works, yeah. Uh, everything works out, that probably isn't ever going to happen. So it's the case yeah. of you, you might get thrown something and you have some time where you think, wow, is now the right time for me? Just just maybe remember that in the back of your mind. I don't think you'll ever get the perfect no. right time. No. Uh, and just weigh it up based on, you know, um, your overall plan. And that would be my final, uh, uh, you know, the third thing I would say is don't be shy to develop that plan for the longer term. Yeah. I think you're, a lot of people, I certainly did earlier in my career, it was like the next step. You know, what I talk to a lot of my direct reports now and people within the businesses, don't be shy about saying where you want to end, where yeah. you want to get to in, in the end. You know, yeah. because we do it with our customers, we do it with our, yeah. you know, sales planning, call planning, you know, what are you trying to achieve? What's the outcome? And I don't think we probably do that enough with our careers. So it's about looking a few steps further down the line because that might yeah. then open up those opportunities and make you think in a more broader sense. I think there's some. No, I listen. I agree, and I think yeah, that's a great way of wrapping that. Great way of wrapping this up, Fabio. In terms of, um, you you know, obviously from a recruitment perspective, my recruitment head on for a minute. People are looking for that that dream opportunity. They're looking for all the boxes to be ticked, and that that doesn't always happen. You know that there's always an area of negotiation on on you know some things on both sides. Um, and, and a, a phrase I sometimes use with people is, "Don't overthink." Mm-hmm. You know, don't overthink it. 
you know, which is which is similar in terms of what you're talking about there just now. Um, don't overthink things, and you know, go and have the conversation. You know, if somebody's offering you the conversation about a particular role, or you know, internally or externally, have that conversation, and and just don't 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 overanalyze it, don't overthink it, because it probably won't. All the stars won't be aligned, but there'll be um, there'll be aspects within that that you go absolutely that that is that is key for me. Um, and and actually, just kind of finally on that, is you're talking there about you know getting that ambition across, thinking of the end point. I think that's good. Yeah, absolutely, it's good to you know turn up at you know, interviews or internal meetings and say this is where I want to be. But pitch that in a sensible way. Get the balance right between showing your ambition but not being too overconfident. I, I put yeah, a thing yeah. on LinkedIn yesterday because I discussed with my client about that, and they were saying candidate in mind for this role but we are not going to be talking to them because of they came across saying I want this I want this blah 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 so that they, they, yeah. they are ambitious but don't don't pitch it in a way which is going to put people off you know yeah ab- absolutely and, and again you know both those elements that you've just talked about there um Colin uh, I guess highlight the importance of um a coach because yeah. a coach a good coach will be able to so in the first instance around, you know, that perfect timing and making decisions allow you to talk out. And actually in my last coaching session, you know, my coach was talking about three things about, you know, the state that you put yourself in, yourself in sometimes when you're triggered by something, an event. Yeah. What you need to move through quickly is what's the truth of that situation. Because obviously when you're triggered by certain things, it can lead to the overthinking and, you know, thinking about every scenario. But what you need to get to quickly is what what's true about what you're thinking. What are the truisms, if you like? And then really quickly move to, right, what are my choices? What can I do about this? Um, mm-hmm. And I think that really helped me. And that's that coaching in terms of, you know, whether it's decisions. And then obviously, like, you know, in terms of, yeah, I'm, I'm certainly not suggesting, you know, don't be that candidate who sits in front, you know, that we've all seen, I guess, whether it be memes or, or whatever the older, older version was of the guy who sits in front of you saying, well, you know, where do you want to be in five years? And, you know, yeah. actually, you know in your job, I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying that, but there's also nothing wrong with saying, but, you know, long-term vision for my career, I would love to be, if I achieved this type of role, I think I'd have had a successful mm-hmm. career. Absolutely. You're yeah. absolutely right. The way that you position it, yeah. is key you don't want to come across as arrogant or, or overconfident but there's nothing wrong with showing a bit of ambition and yeah. actually you know showing a clear plan yeah so that's for the organization that you're moving at least then they can help you get there or they can yeah. give you feedback as to where your gaps are if you're in yeah. in an organization but also joining people it shows that you've thought about your career maybe like say beyond that next step yeah, and there's a bigger plan, but yeah, absolutely, how you land that is is key. <laughs> oh, it's key, it's key, absolutely, without a doubt. Fabio, this has been brilliant, um, and I'm sure that people watching this have have taken a lot from it. You know, there'll be people watching this, as I said, probably who who know you, maybe haven't spoken to you for a while, and um, hopefully we'll be reaching out to you and 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 uh, discussing, maybe discussing aspects of this with you. Um, but uh, I want to thank you for your time and just just give me half an hour, forty minutes of your time to discuss what it is that you do meet the expectations um and offering which i think is always good in these in these conversations to offer some advice to people who are watching and listening that they can take away and go you know i'm going to try and use that um and uh, i think i think they will and it's been it's been really helpful so i wish you well wish liverpool well let's see how this uh this season continues um and uh, who knows my team and your team might actually meet in a european oh, yeah. final, the way things are going 
we might do. So I might see him in Dublin next next summer. Oh, that's that's a uh, that's a dangerous proposition. That I'll be honest, <laughs> that's a very dangerous proposition. Fabio, thanks very much. Good to see you. Okay, take care. Great, Colin. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Cheers.